Gonna select this. There it is. Oh, shit. Oh, it was open. Oh, God. <laughs> I watched the old freaking game outside. What are you watching on? Oh my God. I'm watching on Paramount Plus, Nick. Look at these jerks. They playing. I'm watching the game on Paramount Plus, and those jerks are playing billiard game. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Serie Audio Experience with IFTV. A weekend of drama, as we should put it. We were not here for the... We, we saved this podcast because a lot's been happening. We had the Derby de la Madonina on one side. We had Champions League. And then we had this round of Serie A. So we're going to recap everything this weekend. Antonio, how have you been feeling? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I feel good. You know, sure. like that song, uh, I feel good. You know? So I feel very well. I said, I predict that AC Milan is going to do well. I think I'm going uh, to just prove it down the line that we are the team to beat because we are the campion in Italy, number one. And uh, I think uh, the team is uh, starting to get uh, on the flow of uh, putting the, the numbers on, uh, on the boards and on the field at the same time. So uh, our coaching staff is starting to getting everybody involved and challenging everybody on the team, including the bench seaters, mm -hmm. to let them know that you belong over here, but you have to show it. Every time that you've been called, every time that you've been called, you have to do your job. So we're not like Inter, where Inzaghi just keeps making subs and screws everything up. And this jerky over here is, is laughing too. I think you should be crying <laughs> because the way you guys, you've been playing, you've been playing like shit. Okay? Salzburg probably feels your, good for response? you guys too. So I, just uh, here. Yeah, it's, it's early on in the it's season. Early. So this time. <laughs> It's and early. for Sampdoria, it wasn't like this dominant performance. Granted, there was a red card, but... Uh, we, we scored 10 against 11. Okay. You, on a penalty. On a penalty. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> a goal is a goal. How did you score, by the way? I'm not saying on otherwise. On a dirty touch. Dirty on touch. the 97th minute? 90th. 90th. 89th minute. I think you should be ashamed of yourself. I don't think Anto, so. Let me, uh, let, let's set the, the, the record because we're talking about a few games. <laughs> are you... Are you happy with so far are you maybe a little bit surprised at how good your team how milan has started because the derby was extremely impressive for me mm -hmm. the thing that i noticed was that even when inter went up one one zero milan and especially pioli the credit goes to pioli in my opinion always keeps his team in the game that's the theme even against Sampdoria when you went a man down granted it's Sampdoria, but you're always in a match the team never wants to give up there's this feeling about them I do, I do. I'll tell you the reasons why. It's actually even better when we go down early in the game because the motivation of the team is so so high that, uh, you know, going down one nothing for us doesn't mean anything. It's actually an extra motivation. The team was doing very well before we got scored on. But uh, this team here, it's a little, it's one year older for some of the players. We got this De Catelar and we got another two, three players that they're gonna be playing, they're gonna be paying high dividend for us. A lot of them that are unknown in Europe, myself included. I didn't know the last guy that I came in as, uh, to play as a defender. It's a spectacular guy. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of options ahead of us, I mean, available to ourselves. And uh, I'll tell you what, the Derby is, like you just said, the Derby, I don't think AC Milan overdid anything. They just let Leao play his game. I think it's more of a, instead of ever 
to praise Milan, I will say, uh, I think it's the blame goes to the defense of Inter because, you know, Leao does that to everybody. But I think the defense of Inter with those three big guns of here, they were caught flat-footed and they, uh, they, they were not doing their job. Those are three top-of-the-line defenders that we're talking 70 million for one, another 50 million for another one, and, and Bastoni is probably another 100 millions. You guys have to come down to reality. Those are not expensive players. The same way they leaked, Juventus did a, a, an excellent job getting rid of this guy here. Look what he's been doing on the Bundesliga. He looked pretty good against uh, Inter. Well, I know, I know, but again, you it's not the names what makes the team, it's the game and the quality and the intensity. You guys do not have the intensity that you're supposed to have. The names are there, the mm. recognition is there, but into the field, you're not showing it. He does make a good point because if we talk about one side of Milan that's filled with confidence, that has this intensity, this never die feeling in the first six games of the season, on the other side, your team, which again, I'll say going into this, most people, the bookies had them as favorites. A lot of us here had them as favorites. Of course, it's just the start of the season. But what what is what is this lack of of intensity, this lack of concentration, and even the question marks around Inzaghi already? Guys, no one brings you closer to Serie A than One Football. They are sponsoring this episode because they have digital video moments that are now available. We told you last time that they were not available yet. You had to be on a waiting list. Now they are. They are linked in our description below. This is going to be amazing, Marco. This is going to be present, future, and of course past incredible Serie A moments that you can now buy, sell, purchase, trade. Once you own it, it's yours. And there's so many amazing moments that we could possibly get. I know we're going to do a pack opening one of these days to do it. We're going to challenge each other and see who gets a better one. I want Leal dribbling past all those Inter defenders. I was there live in person and to be able to own it. I think it would be amazing. I would never trade that one, though. I mean, the goal that uh, Dybala just scored against Empoli. Oh, my God. Outside the box. I, was, was I wouldn't be mad Lowe's if I got that one, that's for sure. But you guys know, our name is Italian Football TV. We try to bring you all content and anything that is related to Serie A and One Football is doing that. If you've watched any Serie A this weekend, you even see their ads all over the place on the on the billboards. Guys, the description is in the link is in the description down below. Go and get your digital video moments. Thanks to One Football. Now, let's return to the show. I think it really comes off of uh, the season that we had last year where uh, Inter kind of faded later in the season and then kind of picked themselves up again, but then also had that lapse of concentration with the Radu goal, and we ended up losing out on the Scudetto. So I think a lot of that has to deal with Radu goal lost to the Scudetto. Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. So no, I already said there was a there was a drop okay. for Inter. But don't blame Radu. Don't blame Radu. No, but what I'm trying to say is that last season, the way that it ended, was I think a real psychological effect on this Inter team. Now moving forward, right? We have this Inter team that in a second year under Inzaghi should be a well-oiled machine. And we're not there yet. I know you mentioned it numerous times on Paramount and on the you know IFTV that Inter look physically not at their prime. So I'm okay with the loss to Milan. Obviously, I'm not saying the way the game played out that you lose that game, but you can you're allowed to lose to Milan. You're allowed to lose to Bayern Munich, right? Bayern Munich. The way that we lost is the issue with mm. me. And that is the problem that I see because it's a mix of like you said the intensity where you see the the Milan goals 
was a lack of, you know, intensity, concentration, whatever the case might be. There were goals that were very much avoidable. But Stem- it's your same defense. Okay, it's pretty much it, your same defense. So why why are they not playing well? I mean, it's not, sometimes you have it, they're humans at the end of the day. So the same way that you could have an off day, you're allowed to have an off day. You're allowed to have a bad period. It's more than an off and that's, day. That's a bad period. It's it's a bad week or so for the Inter's defense. And what's happening also, what I saw was we're allowing too many chances, allowing too many goals, and and that's where the problem is. That's why when I saw the Torino and Handanovic really came up. Uh, in that game, he made four or five saves that really were, were spectacular. Um, but the important thing is, at the end of the day, you end up not letting in a goal. I liked a one nothing result versus Torino, who are very tough to play against. Very tough. And you deserve the one nothing. It's not about deserving. It's about what you leave oh, at okay. the end of the day. Okay. Okay. So we were able to grind that out. So that, like I said, is when you're talking about a psychological problem. To win that game in the 89th minute at one nothing is a big sigh of relief. To lose that game would have really destroyed Inter's rhythm, and we don't have any rhythm. Would have really put us in a in a hole. Mike, I have a question for you. So you brought up physicality. I I spoke to Jekyll and I asked him about physicality. He said it's absolutely out of the question. He said physically they're they're there. They're just like last year. He rolls that out. Mike, what do you think is is the issue between the start of the season? Do you think it's physical? Do you think it's concentration? Do you think um, it's just Inzaghi's decision-making, the way he's handled the team? What do you make of it? Uh, I mean, in the beginning of the season, season uh, as a few of us predicted to enter the winner, it just I, I feel like they're not completely in the match. When I saw them against M- Milan, even when they scored, I just feel like Milan had more eagerness about them. Like, they wanted to win more. They seemed more of a team. They seemed more of a unit. They seem like they die for one another. And for Inter, I just feel like they're not all in it. And to be honest, I was thinking about what it could be. Yeah, Lukaku wasn't playing. He's out and stuff like that. I don't know if it, if it's Inzaghi not instilling that mentality that was maybe he's lacking from Oconte, bro. Mm. I think it could be that, but I don't know. I'm trying to find the real reason why they don't really look like... They should be dying for the Derby della Madonnina. I mean, because it should be revenge of how they lost the Scudetto to Milan. And instead, <clears throat> Milan just stepped on their throats and showed, listen, the Scudetto's ours and we're going to fight for it again. And I was really surprised and amazed from what Milan did because I thought Inter was going to win that game. And I, get, I have a little bit more respect for Milan in terms of, wow, they're proving me wrong. I put them in third. They're not playing like a third place team. They're playing like they could do it again. You know, personally. you know, it's one thing I noticed. Um, totally agree with that because I had the same feeling as well about um, about the lack of uh, a lack of desire and a lack of real understanding. Where I saw that from Milan, the thing that I noticed that really struck me with Inzaghi, and and I've been I really liked Inzaghi last year. I'll say this: I was every time he's been criticized, I've kind of pushed back on it. Because I'm sort of, I'm a lover of some of those touches that he does. Because there are times when Inter are playing and it's beautiful to watch. You've got the right wing back who will lay it back to the center midfielders. Overlapping runs. Center midfielders who get involved. But the thing that I've noticed that is his Achilles heel. He reads the game so damn poorly. And I can't believe how bad he is at that. And that for me is what won the derby. Because Pioli's the opposite. What I'll start with Inzaghi. I watch him. Every single game. I, I watch him against Bayern Munich. And he's got 
Inter start the second half in a great fashion. They start with intensity. They start with rhythm. 58th minute, they're still going at them. I feel like they could get back into the match. But there's a, a little bit of dip in terms of some of the players on the field physically. Like, they look tired. A sub is needed. At least a sub is needed. And he's waiting. He's got he's got three guys on the sideline. He had Barella. He had Darmian. And who's the third player that ended up coming in? DiMarco. Might have been DiMarco on the sideline. All waiting. 58th minute. They're there. Ready to come in. The assistants are trying to push them to go in. No. He no, wait. Extra 10 minutes. Wait, 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 wait. And the team is dying. It's it's so evident to everyone. All the fans are, are upset around me saying that they need a sub. He keeps waiting and waiting and waiting. And what happens? He waits until the 66th minute whenever Bayern Munich scores the second goal. And once Bayern Munich scores the second goal, I'm sorry, game but the is game, over. Is over. game is over. You needed to put them in at 1-0. That's a lack of, of intuition and feeling. Bravo. You said the right thing. I think sometimes in Zaghi, what, what I see is that he overthinks a lot about the game. And you could even see that within his selections of, of players. Like versus Bayern Munich, even if you had a dismal game versus Milan... Your starting three center backs are Bastoni, De Vrij, Skriniar. Not D'Ambrosio. Not D'Ambrosio. Yeah. Okay? Um, you know, Barella, who is a spark for this team, you have to have him very much involved in the project. He's going to be the... He's got to be the future captain. And to not even have him play that game is, is such a disaster, I think, on his behalf. And obviously, once it was 2 nothing, he, he had, knew, he had yeah, him ready to come exactly. in. He knew already that this game was over. He swapped to, to save him. I saw that. Okay, but let me just finish. So, it's not so much that he doesn't know how to read the game. I think what he does is, unfortunately, he relies too much on um, these statistics. Because we already discussed yeah. it about mm. yellow cards. Whenever some player has a yellow card, those are usually the first subs to make. So, you have to read the game based on the game itself the players are responsible enough when they have a yellow card that they can maintain it mm. the chances of them getting a second red are higher yes but you can't blame it all on probability also if you look at the milan game the correa starting correa was a big problem in this milan game because we were never able to hold up the play mm. so in the style of inzaghi you know Zeko Zeko is a perfect starting player to come in and i have to say even in the milan game like the subs that he made came out i mean i'm not saying that he was a genius because those are the players that you had to bring in you had to bring in mikatari you had to bring in zeko but the subs came in and they performed you know versus lecce you know he put on four freaking strikers he put on what he can to get that goal in the last one so i'm not saying that they're lacking that desire to win or that hungerness because versus torino they won last minute versus lecce i just think that they're still chugging away and they haven't hit the stride yet mm. and that's a a, a problem mm. in the duration of the season because guess what you're inter if you have the team to win you have to play as if you're inter every single game Peter, that's what listen, you to, keep, to keep on the same yeah. topic before we move on on the other side of that spectrum, the guy who is the complete opposite of that for me is Pioli. And I want to see if you agree with this and, and get your take. <clears throat> Do you think Pioli's greatest strength is exactly the opposite of what I just said? He reads the game so well. His man management has been brilliant. It takes a lot of courage. In the in a few games ago, he took out Leao. Mm -hmm. The next match, Leao's running. Every player that he puts in, it seems like... He's gotten the rotation well, where even the guys on the bench, because you see them from there, they're all dying for each other. They're all on the same page. Do you think that's the best thing that Pioli's brought to this Milan Absolutely. side? Absolutely. The group 
it's what makes the, the, the team a, a, a winner. So uh, everybody's cheering each other up. You see Ibrahimovic over there. Ibrahimovic is cheering from the bench. And Ibrahimovic wants to see everybody sitting on the bench. Just go after. Anytime somebody scores on AC Milan, you see the old bench clearing and they're going uh, on the top of the player. Now, to go back to what you were saying before, Inter is not this well-oiled machine. Maybe you need to change oil. You have to go from regular oil I'm saying. to we extra were, virgin not. oil because your oil is not that good. Okay, Pete? Now, going back to Inzaghi. Inzaghi, <laughs> Inzaghi, I think he feels a lot of pressure that it's all outside. Now, all of these rumors of uh, Inter being on the market is gonna have to be sold and all the stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So a lot of players on the verge of being transferred, not transferred, he's gonna stay. Oh, he wants too much money. It's a lot of stuff that is getting uh, some of those top of the line players a little bit off, uh, uh, you know, uh, offline. So, uh, That's so fair. you as a coach, and I don't know who's uh, Inzaghi, I don't know who's helping him, assisting. They're not doing their job. You need a psychological guy to just get over there. You know, a psychiatrist to go over there and say, guys, don't worry about all the market uh, rumors. Like Conte. This is, this is our team and this is, you've been paid here to play, not to follow the, the Gazetta and all the rumors around. If something happens, you will be let, we're gonna let you know. But just clear yourself of all the garbage surrounding the, the markets and on the news, and you just perform right here. Forget about it. Unfortunately, those news not, cannot be cleared that as easy as we think. And, uh, um, you know, the rumors are that Inter is going to be sold, and uh, and uh, that's that's affecting, to me, it's affecting Gizagi, and it's affecting some of the... I'm sure some there's of some sort of player. effect. And like I said, <clears throat> this Inter team... Uh, Inzaghi as a leader still has to prove so much because even with his Lazio team, they've had always these these peak, you know uh, mm -hmm. they fall during the uh, end of the season, middle of the season. So we have to see what Inzaghi has and and, and what he's able to if he's able to inspire his team. But we cannot make this a drama. I mean, this mm -hmm. is still early in the season. The games that Inter have lost have been versus respectable opponents and are allowed to lose. What I dislike, but like I said, is, is the approach to the mm. game, how you lose the game, and then, uh, like I said, some question, overthinking. Like even the Lazio game that Inter lost, now mm. that we're going back, you put Gagliardini in because you have to match the physicality of Milinkovic-Savic. Gagliardini, with all due respect, can't even shine Milinkovic-Savic's shoes, okay? So, oh my God! You, gotta, you might want to cut that. I don't know <laughs> no, if you want to cut cutting. that. No, don't but, cut it. That's fair. Okay, you Everyone cannot. Would agree with you that. cannot have him start the game when you have players that are much better than him, and you just want to match the physicality of the game. So, uh, those overthinking moments are what created Inzaghi's, or what has created Inzaghi's demise, and the fact that head-to-head -head versus the top teams. The start of the season and his record is not good and it needs to change last thing before i move on before we move on if if this trend continued if if let's say you still see these kind of uh feelings of lack of intensity but inter will finish in second place do you think that it will be time for them to look for another coach if he doesn't win the league this year and um, doesn't go out of the group in champions league mm. Mm. In your well, opinion, the group just in you. Champions League is already yeah. is a tough group, so I don't think his his fate will be determined by that. But second it will place. be second place. I think they will look at it. Depends on who wins it. I, that's what I really feel. Depends on who wins it. But I think if he doesn't win this year, he's he's gonna go. To go from two teams who didn't perform in Europe, let's switch to the team that 
brought me so much joy. I uh, I didn't watch the game live. I ended up rewatching the entire thing they said afterwards. Was in the wrong place. I know. Uh, <laughs> wow, Napoli against Liverpool. Not to say that I'm surprised that Napoli beat Liverpool because I thought that they would could beat them, but I didn't think that they would beat them in the manner that they did. And I think four one scoreline kind of only does favors to Liverpool, if anything. Mike, I know you watch this game live. I saw your messages coming through the entire time. Yeah. You seem like you really enjoyed this match. What, what did you What did you make of it? What did you think? And and I mean, just go take it. Was it was incredible. Aluto didn't want to come. I told him to come to the studio for this one, but he's so superstitious. So we just kept messaging each other but back the, and the forth. The studio is good luck for him. Why? I don't know. So, for some matches, he has to stay home. He was like, "Listen." He calls me Manolas, by the way. I think he thinks that's my government name, so he calls me that all the time. He was like, "I gotta stay uh, at my house." Wear my scarf and wear the cornicello around in my hand, Fair enough. just because it's a big match. But Anto was over here, and oh my God, Napoli played so well. I forgot one thing. I forgot that we have to make. I have to. Get, I got to make espresso before you start going on this. Since I didn't watch the game, I'll let you guys take okay. this away. Espresso. Siag. Espresso, <laughs> please. Okay. Stop. Yeah. So Anto was here. Uh, I think it was just me and Anto here, right? Yeah. Uh, like always, Mike. Yeah, like uh, the best friends, right? <laughs> May I quit my job just to watch the game, and especially, uh, you know, I'm cheering up for my uh, my cousins over here for Inter. Uh, I leave everything just to watch Inter uh, and play. And Southern brothers, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Anapoli. <laughs> That's what's course. up. But watching the game, I was like, this is going to be a tough game. They could do it. They're, you know, Liverpool hasn't been playing the best recently, and Napoli's been pretty on form. It was like, this is going to be a great match. Oh my god, pretty much from start to finish, it was like men versus boys for the most part. I was scared because when uh, they had the second penalty and they missed it, I was just like, oh my, that's gonna come back and bite them in the ass, isn't it? I was so annoyed, I was like, why why did uh, why didn't Zielinski take that one? I was so pissed about that. But regardless, they didn't drop a beat after that, they ended up scoring. Four. I think they could have scored six or seven. They missed so many opportunities. Easily. They made Liverpool look like a Serie cheese side. I'm so not even kidding. I was, they played so... Angisa, incredible. Yeah. Zielinski, all, the whole team played so good. I was at um, a local soccer bar in New York because I had my cousin from Charlotte. Which one? Legends. Ah, so that's I met an some, AC Milan club. That's by AC Milan club. Local, yeah. Same uh, at a local soccer club. <laughs> you were at the AC Milan club. I was at the, the AC next Milan time, club. let me know because I'm going to tell them not to let you in. Why would you tell Age them Age before beauty, Anton. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was at the Legends Club. I actually ran into a couple of IFTV fans. Um, but I was with my cousin. He's a big Napoli fan. He's uh, He lives in Charlotte now. And um, so he was excited about the game. We'll see what happens. And we had both screams. So I was watching a little bit okay. of both. So Napoli, like I said, from start to finish, dominating performance. Uh, made Liverpool's defense look uh, like shambles. Yeah. In, in shambles, you know, just yeah. <laughs> all she men before getting out injured was uh, was running. He rap, was running which, circles around you know, everyone. And, and even, uh, I can't say his name, Kvara. Kvara is Karasveglia. 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 That guy is 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 legit. And the the attitude of and the approach of the game, talking about the approach of the game, was was amazing. And then listen, the goal comes in that, and then everything else kind of piles on onto it. So, I'm really happy about Napoli. Finally, you know, a European game that I guess a Serie A fan can be proud of. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're able to lose but lose respectfully. And then when you win, it's even more sweet. 
Anto, what do you think of that? Listen, uh, like were you, you surprised at all or no? No, Mike, like you just said, you said it before. I mean, if somebody, if after the game, the, 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 the score would have been a Napoli 7, Liverpool 2 or 1, oh, no. nobody, would be, fair. nobody would be uh, actually saying, oh, wow, wow. So the game was way overwhelmed for uh, we, yeah. uh, Liverpool. They couldn't, they were just... Uh, they couldn't handle them. They couldn't handle anybody. I mean, yeah. uh, Napoli was going through like butter. Literally. Like, they, they, those people, they did not exist on the field. And those are all top names. Again, the intensity from Liverpool was not there. They were totally lost. Yeah. Maybe it was the Maradona Stadium that got them uh, all uh, messed up. But I gotta tell you something. That stadium does a lot of uh, a lot of tricks for uh, some of those. Right, you waited for me. By the way, by the way, Siag. the coffee from Napoli. Oh yeah, Siag. Guys, can if we, you want to buy uh, Siag, the link is in the description. Yeah, but can we Very good the, coffee. The, the cream, they are sponsors guys, of our podcast for this year, Antonio. Hey, they, believe the they, they believe you. They believe you. They believe you, Anto. Okay. If oh, you want it, like link is in the description. Coffee from Napoli, sponsors of Palermo. If Sicily and Napoli approves of your coffee, then the rest of the world can. Oh, by the Six way, percent. after the coffee, you're supposed to be washing the taste with- No, you're supposed to have it before. Some, you don't wash no, the taste of coffee. After, no, no, before yes, the power. Before. My son said that after the coffee, you're supposed to- No, no it's before. 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 Otherwise, you're gonna stain your teeth. It's your and by the way, oh, we are looking for a water sponsor. <laughs> Anybody's welcome, okay? We need a Not water anybody. sponsor. We can't just take anybody. What? It's gonna have to be a good one. It's gotta be purified. Beautiful. Clean it's water. Gonna it's gonna be a sport. Water. No bleach. Sport we water. need a sport, sport. water. Okay. All right. Can I say something about Napoli? Go ahead. What I loved about Napoli, number one, on on the fact that they played against a, a team like Liverpool, which I know is not going through a, a good moment, but is um, was in the final last year, European champions just a few years before, was similar to what you said. The reason why I love Napoli so much and the way that they performed was not because they had one player who was unbelievable and who scored a goal. What I loved about them is that Spalletti understands that the team is the most important thing. That every single player needs to complement each other. And when you watch that midfield of Napoli and you see Lobotka and Angisa and Zielinski, individually, one-on-one, -on -one, you want to compare them with Liverpool? Okay, maybe you can't. Maybe you can't compare them name for name. But when they play together, they make each other better. Yeah. The team makes them better. Look at Kim. This guy Kim, nobody knew who he was last year. Look at the performance that he made. Even Rahmani. Rahmani a few years ago playing for Elas Verona. But guess what? When you put all these guys together, when you have a coach who has the right idea, the right mentality, who doesn't go into a game with fear, with, oh my God, we're playing against Liverpool. No, 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 no. We play our game no matter who we go up against. Kvaratskhelia, my gosh. I'm so happy that he did that against a team like Liverpool. How much like did Liverpool? he spend for that, by the way? 10 um, million. <laughs> Hello. Why are you asking me? What about me? <laughs> no, I'm asking you. Why didn't you spend 10 million? Well, listen, uh, we was not on our radar, but you guys have nothing but big names on the radar, on your radar, okay? okay? Let's not take away from right. the point. Right. That is the strength of, of Napoli, their scouting system, and not needing to just buy big players. They buy guys that perform. Kvaratelia was sensational. Um, and then even, even a guy like Gio Simeone, who You're kidding you take me. off Osimhen for most teams losing your star striker your number Sorry. nine who if he stayed on I'm sure he would have scored a goal because he was getting opportunities Simeone comes on scores within a few minutes of 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 coming on that is the great management of Napoli in the way that they put a team together then of course uh, we we got to say it but he had the beautiful story with his tattoo he had the Champions League ball since he was 13 he kissed it 
Great job for him. Great job for Napoli. They made me so freaking proud. And now they need to continue on this. They have a real chance at finishing first place in their group. This season overall has gone so well for Napoli. They're they're doing great job. And they need to continue on this path because guess what? The rest of the world, they're starting to realize the style of Napoli. And uh, we love to see it. So good job by Napoli to represent Serie A because the other teams in Champions League, unfortunately, they uh, they couldn't come through. Nobody else could come through except Guys, that. look at Serie A. We're not even the dust of Liverpool. We beat Liverpool 4-1. When I'm saying we, means Serie A won. We are one of the top league if it's not the top league still in Europe but the rest I of mean, our teams need to perform what about Milan? Milan couldn't beat it was just an antipasto for us yeah. okay yeah, well, that you didn't was digest an antipasto well. <laughs> take it easy you didn't digest the well. beginning you of the seasons well. now you're gonna watch the next game okay so I'll tell you to pick up on what you just said and I'll finish up right there let's stay on Napoli 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 strained this year it's not just on the starting lineup it's on the bench and it's on the group they have a group of players that they like each other and they compliment each other <laughs> like whether they are on the field or whether they're sitting on the bench okay your mic is right there you don't have the it on inter you don't have oh, it on me. inter I'm go you don't have it i'm sorry my friend all right question for the group i say this with a with a, with a weird taste in my mouth because uh sometimes napoli they get us excited right they start seasons well they started last season extremely well and in history, a lot of times they start to dip off. Mentality-wise, lack of a, a squad, lack of a deep roster, whatever, 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 whatever. Do you guys think that this team, because of Spalletti, who has shown himself to be really good with the group, because of the deep roster that they have, these interchanging mm -hmm. players, also the lack of, maybe there's not um, a prima donna within the squad that you feel like, is trying to steal all the spotlight or needs all the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this Napoli can really achieve something special this season? Can and I answer win? this one? Uh, I had Napoli at a top four and I realized how foolish I was. Now looking back, I think the big reason that Napoli fell off last season out of the Scudetto race was they were missing a player who didn't step up to the play, like Insigne who now Guevara has more goals already than him in open play and, or, and everything, and he's been performing. I think if they had someone like Insignia, if they had someone like Guevara last season that stepped up, or if they had Insignia that stepped up to the play, I think they could have went to the final match day with Milan and Inter for the Scudetto. So are you saying they're going to do that this year? I'm saying Was that your it's way of looking saying that? good. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hinting at it. I don't want to jump the gun, but if they keep this up, I think it's going to go down to the final. I'm going to throw something on the table. A couple of podcasts ago, we were just uh, discussing about leadership role inside of the team. Right now, Napoli does not have a leader per se, okay? Because Insigne was the leader before. Mm -hmm. No, Koulibaly, Insigne is yeah. gone. Koulibaly is gone. So Napoli, he found himself with no leaders and on first place. So is this leadership role now switched to the bench and Spalletti or uh, the team it's itself? It's kind of collective, but, I would say. I know yeah. Di Lorenzo wears the captain's armband. I don't and think he's so. Really Di Lorenzo is a leader. But, thing, but I think it's more so like the collective. It's yeah. kind of like not being, I feel like sometimes it's not being reliant on just needing to look to someone else to step up. It's like, hey, all of us, some some new guys, some some guys that have been together for a little while. Right. We all need to work so for each no, other. So no, the leadership is on the group. It's the group itself. I said, hey, going going in and out on every game. I said, guys, 
they get into the Anado that I said, we're going to get the job yeah. done. Let's get it done. So let's not wait for Insignia to say, okay, do this. No, it's everybody together. They motivate Intensity, themselves. motivation, yeah. it's right there. Before you start it, the all 95 minutes, they put it on the floor. Pete, your family is from uh, the Napoli region. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like your second team almost, right? Well, team that, that you, should be you, your first mom, team, by the way. My mom's side. side. That should be your first team, what do you, by the way. What do you make of that? What do, you, do you think that they can go all the way? Do they have the mentality for Listen, this year? If you ask any Neapolitan, and we know already Ludo. They're He's gonna, like this. He's like this. They're going to say no. Um, I think squad-wise, they have a team that can play versus anybody within Serie A. Mm. They have, like Antonio referred, a great bench, great players to come on that can change the game. Um, you know, the only thing that I see, there's two question you know, marks for me, is one, Spalletti. Can he bring a team to win by himself? Uh, I know he's won in the past in Zenit. But that was his only real opportunity to win. And then the second is, there's nobody on this team that has won anywhere. So that is a very vital part in a recipe to win. You need to have experience, mm. but not experience 10 years playing. You need somebody that's a winner, winner and a champion. Milan have those players. Giroud, Ibrahimovic. These are guys that the younger players are going to look up to. So you need that mix. You always need a mix of players that have won mm, and, and a young guy. So that's always. Well, what if there's an odd case that... Odd case can... could be the leader that you have. That's why I said Spalletti for me is not that guy that's going to bring uh, a team to the promised land mm -hmm. by himself. He He's not be. a Moses. You know, I don't think you need a wow. Those are high, those are high standards. You, you did not talk like high. this about Spalletti Why when he was shouting? here. <laughs> no, all, all, all of a sudden, Spalletti is not one of no, those. No, I like Spalletti. Oh, you like Spalletti. I, I think he's a great coach. Mm. I disagree with what you say, that he's not a good coach. I think he's a great coach. He has his ways. Mm -hmm. They're not maybe the best ways, but he's going to get a lot out of his teams. But by himself, can he bring a team to win a championship? So far, he hasn't pro proven that to me. In a but that doesn't mean that he can't do it. He never had the tools to, though, P. Okay. I think Spalletti said in Zaghi without hair. <laughs> Spalletti said in without hair. Potentially, without Potentially yes. Potentially, yes. With Inder's project, he was never <laughs> destined to win the school. That, he was oh, there to I make a top four, keep his but, stable. But, what said, what, but it is a fair point because that is what we all talk about with Spalletti. It's Okay, it's harsh, not harsh. The thing is, until you've done it, you're not... No, no, it. I get it, I get okay? it. I sure. get Pioli yeah. is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Pioli is on fire, Paisa. That's true. Okay, okay but last year, he won, yeah. for me, Pioli was not the coach that's going to bring Milan to, to win. He's done it. He deserved the, uh, deserves the mention. He is a... a, a you know, uh, a qualified coach to do it again if he has to. And he has the mix. On his, on his arm, yes. he's going to go change from 19 to 20 and he's going to have the start. just get another one? No, no, he's going to change it. You already spoke with the tattoo maker. Is uh. that a, just, uh, can you erase <laughs> that? I'm on the group chat. Right. I'm on the group chat with Pioli, by the way. That's how I see it. So for me, Spalletti on his own is not enough. Can he prove me wrong? By all means. You brought up uh, Juventus, that they, they were one of the teams that couldn't... Uh, that couldn't compete, that couldn't win in uh, in Champions League. Let's talk about Juventus as a whole. We'll, we'll talk about uh, Champions League a little bit, season, and then, of course, the match against the Leonitana. 
Uh, for the for the game against PSG, I got to be honest, I was probably one of the ones that wasn't as disappointed. I thought that Juventus was actually better than I was expecting. Now, is that because of the standards that they had set? Is that because the team didn't look that bad, especially in the second half? I mean, the first two goals that they scored, all right, the two Martians were at it. They scored goals that I don't know any defense that would be able to, to stop them. Could Paredes, could Rabiot have stepped up, defenders have stepped up, Bremer drop back a little bit, yeah. But those are goals that, for me, they're ones that I could swallow. I watch that and I say, my gosh, my hat's off to you because that was phenomenal from Mbappe yeah. and Neymar. Unbelievable. Nobody, For me, nobody's going to stop that. I thought in the second half, Juventus gave a reaction. I thought Paredes had a really good match. I think they're still lacking in a lot of departments. And I think you're never going to beat PSG without some of your world-class players. So for me, I thought that when they need to step up, losing 2-1, to one, of course, you never want to accept Losing, mm -hmm. losing, you get zero points no matter what. You're never going to be happy. But all things considered, I thought Juventus was going to make it 2 2 and make it a tie at one point. I kind of, I feel like they had to react, though, right, Marco? And I do feel like you were the type of team to play up to the opponent. So I wasn't too surprised, especially because. Mbappe and Neymar had a couple more chances that if they buried, it could have looked a more of an uglier defeat. Yeah, but, but if they Milik didn't. buried his chance. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But that's why I, Juve I were still ifs. still back and forth with it. And if Juve did have their players too, where they're, they're still pretty heavily injured for the most part, it could have very well been a closer game. And merited it is the first Champions League game playing the toughest opponent so far for Juventus. So 2-1 is, I don't think is that bad. I, I could have saw a few more goals and I could have seen a worse for sure. I saw to, to, cut, to, be, to pick up on what you guys are just saying. You know, we were talking about it, you know, AC Milan before just coming from behind, coming from, a, you know, a one nothing uh, uh, deficit. Same thing, I think Juventus is another kind of team that uh, is very capable of uh, making up to a deficit, even though the game against Salernitana got close to them to put them, themselves over the top. But again, against PSG, Juventus played two different games. The first half, they were just waiting for PSG. The second half, because they had to, mm -hmm. they're starting to play a different, uh, a different style of soccer. So you cannot really just change style because of, of a necessity. So the team has to be put on the field just to play an attacking or a, a, a wait and see style. Juventus is always playing a contingency game. Mm. In the first half, mm. let's wait and see and let's go into counter attack. Mm. You get two goals behind your, uh, your goalkeeper. Then I said, okay, guys, everything is changing now. Now we have to push everybody mm. up. I think this is not the kind of a Juventus that you wanted to see. Okay, so going back to Allegri, Allegri has to put inside of the head of those guys that you have to play one style of soccer, attacking or just aggressive, intense soccer and not wait and see. Not just coming back when you have a deficit and now we have to just run, 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 run. Juventus doesn't double doesn't double anybody. They don't go for stealing the ball. Look at AC Milan, look at the way AC Milan plays, man. And look at the way the Napoli play. I'll tell you what, I'm so impressed yeah. with the Napoli. On a non-possession, they attack the ball handler and they take the ball away. You have to just play an intensity mm. 95 minutes. Juventus does not have it right now. So you made you made two amazing points. Sorry, I'll let you go too. But you made two points that I want to pick up on. Um, the second one, which you just mentioned now, is the intensity. Because I think for sure, that's one thing. You know, Because you want to compare Napoli's squad and Liverpool's squad and everyone will say Liverpool is the better team. And when you lack in the talent department, and this is just my, my reasoning for 
Allegri, if he wants to complain about his players being injured or people want to say that he can't do that because his players are injured, my point is that Juventus don't have a real game plan. There's not the correct idea. The feeling of everyone knowing where they need to be to make up for that lack of quality that's there. There's no system. There's no understanding of this is how Juventus plays every single week, which is the problem and which is why Napoli is doing so well. To build off of that, what you said, perfect. Allegri built his legacy, in my opinion, off of having a very defensive mind for mindset and defending first. And guess what? He did that really well. His teams used to always defend. They'll close down. They'll be tight. They'll break on the counterattack, and they'll be able to score. My question is, when Juventus and when Allegri doesn't have that defense, when he when you're conceding two goals to Salernitana, you're conceding goals for fun against everybody else, the fullbacks, I don't know what they're doing, but then you can't even attack well, then what is left, what does Allegri really bring to Juventus is kind of my question. Is he only relying on those world-class players of Di Maria and Chiesa to hopefully come back? And then that's the salvation. So I don't know. Allegri relies on individuals to perform. If he does not have these individuals, he's not going to be able to win anything. He has created this low block. He can quote-unquote, read a game, if you want to say. But every time, he always looks to make uh, a defensive substitution or a, a way to be able to get the result. That is that is the thinking of a manager from 25, 30 years ago. You know, where you want to save that one nothing result or be able to. But the difference between, for example, Conte and him, Conte has a style. He might You might not like him, but you can see or you can mm. identify Conte's style and the way that the Conte team plays, right? Whereas with Allegri, it really comes down to counterattack mm. and the individual brilliance of, mm. of his players. And that's the only time that Juventus will go on and win. And they'll win the majority of their games because of their caliber of their players. But it won't be because of Allegri and his reading of the game or Allegri and what he's been able to do. For me, Allegri has been lucky throughout his career where with Milan, he had a spectacular team when they went on to win the Scudetto uh, with real champions. And then with Juventus, you had Conte's work and then that Juventus team had a lot of top players, okay? And their opposition mm -hmm. were far, far below that team. So you have that mix and that's a perfect recipe for success. Now he comes back to Juventus where they wanted to create that stability with the team and there's a big issue because now this team is not only boring but they can't get those one nothing results mm -hmm. they do not have the the players to be able to resolve a, a game on its uh, you know on their own uh, the only player that maybe would have been able to do that is ronaldo and ronaldo from 5 years ago not the ronaldo that we have now so there's a lot of issues on this juventus team you got to just, I guess, be realistic and, and say, hey, this is these are going to be a couple of years where we have to figure it out. But Juventus management have made mistakes these past three or four years where you changed coaches numerous times. That's not a healthy organization. Then the players that you select now, you said it over and over again. It's a, it's a team built to win now. It's not a team to win going forward. And... That is, I think, really comes down to Juventus' organization not knowing exactly what is 
what is needed or what they want. Whereas, obviously, your Juventus, you have to go in it that you're going to win every year. But you should have a project in mind. And with Allegri, for me, there is no project. On top of uh, Conte having a style, which I totally agree with, and Allegri not having the style, you know what the biggest thing that I see that's kind of the, the most glaring concern that I have is that you don't see any, any player improve under Allegri. Conte's teams, you see lower players, players who with less talent, because they're in a system, because they value the team, they become better. With Allegri's teams, you see players kind of go the opposite way. You don't see anyone excel. You don't see anyone do better because nobody is working for each other. No one is helping each other out with when they make mistakes. When Cuadrado makes an individual mistake, the team is not built so that they help each other out. And for me, that's the biggest thing. The one thing we have to give Allegri credit for, the one thing I will give Allegri credit for, because I'm not a, I don't hate Allegri. I don't think that he was the right person for the right time at Juventus. I think he's a good coach for a specific time and for a specific team. I do give him credit because he is often hated for this, for playing Miretti in these last two games. Mm-hmm. I give him credit because that took a lot of courage and, a lot, you know, he's always had this mindset of the, the younger players make mistakes, but guess what? He put Miretti in, in a tough game. And for me, Miretti, I don't care if you make mistakes. For me, it's fine that you, you know, he's 19 years old. Let the kid make mistakes, but he's got the right idea. He sees the game well. He makes a lot of things correctly. Let this let this kid improve in a team. Mm-hmm. Give him the consistency because guess what? He looks a lot better than some of the other players that are in the same starting position for him. Let me pick up on that very quickly, and then Mike, you go. Uh, I think what everybody's missing in, uh, over here is that uh, yes, to to Allegri to Allegri's credit, they put Miretti and Fajoli and a couple other young kids inside the the last game. But what's missing on this equation is that Serie A has caught up big time to the big three or four teams. Before it was Inter, Milan, Lazio, Roma. That's it. Juventus. That's it. Now you have all of those mid, middle of the range teams. They have the caught up in terms of players, in terms of talent. Salernitana. Salernitana. We have Udinese. We Coaching. have Verona. We have a lot of those teams. They caught up. So they watch the video and do, they have a lot of talented coaches. Those coaches, they're not waiting and see. They don't go to Torino hoping for yeah, a tie. Yeah. Well, Nicola, okay? Nicola, he didn't go in Torino hoping for a tie because he knew it. I said, if I just wait and see, we're going to get crashed. Nicola, instead of waiting for Juventus to take the game to them, he took the game to Juventus. He's starting to attack Juventus. Nicola, on any given time, he had three or four players on Mm -hmm. Juventus midfield, constantly pressing the ball from the defense all the way to the top. Nicola played a perfect game. And did you hear what he said after the game? What? He said, I don't see this as a point earned. I see this as two points lost. lost. They lost. They lost two points for me. They lost two points. That, that is the, I mean, what? When, Am I right or wrong? Mike, when, we watched the game together, I, Mike. I, I mean, Juventus probably thought the other way around also. Oh, because, no, Mike. Well, let's vote one thing at a time. One thing at a time. We'll get to the VAR situation. But that's, and for me, when I hear Davide Nicola say that, in the last years, when, when Juventus were winning these nine Scudetti, when did you ever hear a coach from a team, Salernitana, that was, that was seconds away from going to Serie B, <laughs> to have this kind of mentality and to have this kind of belief Playing against Juventus, and not just playing against Juventus, playing against Juventus in Torino. That is something that you didn't see very often. That's a mistake for Juventus as well, because they used to insert their dominance to not give any of these guys a chance. But it's also credit to the great coaching that we do have in these lower teams, and we'll talk about Sotil after. But, 
yes, I agree with you. Salernitana, absolutely, to be winning 2-0, brilliant from them because they had the right idea, they had the right feeling, the right mindset. Mike, sorry, your thoughts on the game, and then we'll no, talk about the good. VAR situation. I mean, Salernitana really gave, uh, gave Juventus a game, and everyone was in shock with what happened because this is a team that's fighting to stay up, and they did not look like a team fighting to stay up. They looked like a team that, that wanted more today, and that's what they did. And uh, Juventus had to react, obviously. They were down 2-0, and they, they ended up tying the game. And just when you thought Juventus won it at the death, that's when one of the uh, big controversies of hold the on. weekend came. Don't go there. Don't go there yet. Don't go there. Why? Not yet, not yet. Because I, I have one other. I, I, oh, you want to keep let's going finish up, Let's finish off the, huh. the real football talk. I have one more point we'll to make. I have one more point Can to I make. ask you guys a question? I want to ask you a question. I'll ask you this question. Who's a top player on Juventus? The, the Juventus 11. Who would you say is top player? And not that you need top players to win against Salernitana. I'm not saying that at all. Mm. I'm just asking specifically. Uh. That 11, who is top? Just give me the list. Duzan's on top. Is there uh, anyone else that you would consider top player? Uh, uh, not on his level. He'd probably sit alone other than their second tiers for, for Juve. Do you Personally. put Bonucci? Um, no. no more. Anyone, do you put anyone else no. in top level on that Juventus? I don't see it. No, not I just problem. don't. And don't comment. No Chiesa, no Pogba. No, We're not talking about I that. I don't see it. I'm talking about the 11 that was on the field. Because that's no, the thing. No. I, that stood uh, out for me. On the starting 11. No, and that's starting this, 11, this right? Yeah. They all good players, but not top players. Okay. Yeah. No, because I, I tweeted out that Dushan is the only one. And people were saying Bremer. People were saying Bonucci. Nah, for nah, me, nah, Bremer, nah. he's a good player. He's good. I once put he him on the same level. He still has to show himself. But he, they're yeah, not he didn't pull himself, yeah. For me, Dushan is the only one on that team that I watch him. And I'm like, my gosh. Juventus is honestly... I feel bad for him at times because the team does not play for him at all. Mm -hmm. The guy hustles. The there was one time he scored on offsides because Moise Keane took so long to pass the damn ball, and he still scored I, like an incredible shot. I think shot. it's incredible how Duzan's still doing good considering how Allegri plays, and he's still managing to get these goals where, where it would be except where you'd understand if he's not scoring, you'd be like, oh, look how they're playing. That's why he's not scoring. Because they're not from scoring. open play. He's got he's to earn the free kick and then but score he's a free kick to be able to in score. That, if you talk... Uh, if we see it like that, he's extremely clinical. Okay, let's talk about a uh, situation that happened. And then, let <laughs> me one, set this One scene. more thing, one okay. more thing. Well, two, three years ago, four years ago, like Marco was saying, any team, AC Milan, Inter, Roma, Lazio, when you go to, to the, the Alliance Stadium, you're not going to come up with a positive result. The best thing that can happen to you, you come up with a tie. But you lose most of the time. 99% of the time, you're going to lose. So Juventus always scraps or comes up with a win. Whether it's going to be a big win or whether it's going to be a one nothing, you always win. Mm -hmm. when you, or you always lose when you go playing Juventus on their, on their home. Right now, it's not a given anymore. Yeah. Right now, everybody mm -hmm. goes over there and say, hey, we're playing our game. Then we'll see what happens at the mm -hmm. end. Okay? So this, quote-unquote, this... Uh, taboo that you're going to Torino, you're going to lose, and at the best, you come up with a point, it's over. So That's very true. It's, I agree. I, I'm telling you, it's this is a lot of teams that feel the same yeah. way. I'm sure, I'm sure that there's a lot of these young young teams, you look at like an Empoli or, or anyone like Verona, they look and they say, hey, we could go there and we could actually yeah. grab a point. It's not impossible. So let's talk about the situation that happened, because they were losing 2-0, Juventus came back 2-2, uh, was it? It was a crazy ending towards uh, to the match. Really crazy. Um, they scored that 2-1 in like the 91st minute. Uh, and then in the 95th minute, Milik scores off of uh, a header. 
Bogos is the back of the net. Everyone loses their mind. 3-2, Juventus win. Even uh, the official city account tweeted, Juventus won the game. All this stuff. It was all done, right? And then in the end, the the... <laughs> The ball, the ball, the goal gets taken away. It's actually laughable how crazy this is. The goal gets taken away because of Bonucci. Oh my the, the goal gets we taken. Have so much fun! Please don't don't ask me anymore about this game, here, please. The goal gets taken away because of Bonucci um, being in an offside position on uh, on the goal. So, number one, first things first. When the goal got taken away and I watched Bonucci, I understand what the rule says. For me, Bonucci made no impact, didn't affect the opponent at all, because the ball was going in no matter what. There's no way Sepe is ever saving that. Bonucci onside or offside, for me, it's not like he's standing right in front of the goalkeeper, he moves last second, and then the ball goes in. But he in. made an attempt. He made an attempt, that's a rule. Either way, the big problem, the referee goes to check the, the VAR system, the system that we have in place to avoid these sorts of mistakes. He goes, for I believe it was eight seconds. It was the quickest. I mean, they take minutes for this VAR. I watched a game this weekend. What game took three minutes? Was it Inter game or maybe the Milan game? It took three minutes for, for the referee yeah, to yeah. check um, one call. This one, he looked in an instant. Either way, what they're saying, what the referee association came out and saying is that the image, which would have shown that Bonucci was onside because Candreva was in the far corner by the corner kick, he was keeping everyone on side by 50 centimeters, I believe was the, the distance that he kept everyone on. They did not, the VAR system did not have it available to them. The craziest part is Sky Italia broadcasters in Italy had an image because they have their own cameras. They were able to see it, but the Allianz Stadium, the most advanced stadium in Italy, didn't have the cameras and they were not fed to the VAR it was obviously a mistake. Yeah, obviously. We have a leftover camera up here. We can give it to them. <laughs> I, and even Caressa went on. He said, this is the worst mistake in VAR since VAR was introduced into the game. What a, what a total disaster from the system because goals like this, you usually expect them not to happen. And honestly, this season, I feel like we've been seeing a lot of mistakes with the VAR. Do you too, think so? Too many mistakes. I mean, especially when the goal was counted for, right? And then you take it away. Mm. It's um, it, it, you. You can't have that. I mean, in VAR, it's supposed to be an instrument to help mm. to wow. to find the right call, and then you actually deliberately take away a, a goal because of your inability to scan the field or whatever the case might be. Have a camera located across the field where you don't think that's so hard, right? How many, where are the offsides are gonna occur? They're gonna occur in that last third. How do you not have cameras set up to Pete, see Pete. if there's an offside? We have an so, extra camera over here. We should, we should let them have it. We'll donate them. Nick, okay. donate. Okay. Nick can do that part Nick, time. We have an extra camera, right? Our cameraman behind the, behind the scenes. <laughs> he can go help uh, call the VAR. So, so go ahead, Pete. So that is the frustrating part and, and no matter what frustrating for you not for I'm me saying, i was having fun your allegiances <laughs> have to be put on aside because what var is meant for is to get the call right anytime that there's a a, a miss called uh or or whatever a, a bad call using var mm -hmm. that does not help the game and it does not serve a purpose in the game so we really have to identify 
you know, uh, as as FIFA or as sporting fans, soccer fans, football fans, cultural fans, what is VAR supposed to be? What what do we want? Because to really check every little foul and every little thing, and if mm-hmm. his nose is is a little bit big, if it's Ibrahimovic or Giroud is offside yeah. with his yeah. nose. Like, oh, it's that, not, don't say that. That's discriminating. It's all right. I'm, a, I'm, in, the, I'm in the same category. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that far. Not Listen far. to me. Okay, let so, me just pick up on this. But besides that, like, those things are are, are so, uh, you know, like, de- like it's not even fair for the game. Like, the enjoyment of the game and the, the ability mm-hmm. to have the ref make his calls. That being said, Champions League, I think they've created this new semi-automated... Would that have been able to detect Is in place right no, now? No, no, only in Champions League. That's what I'm saying. Only in Champions League. In Champions only Champions League. Champions League. Uh, so uh, they're uh, making, we're still in this hiccup phase where we're still trying to figure out the VAR. So let's not tarnish VAR also. I, I you know, the same way that I said that we have to re-imagine mm-hmm. or re or really come down and understand what we want out of this VAR. We also cannot tarnish VAR because I think they've made a lot of Improve. improvements, right, to the calls where maybe in the past penalties or this or that would have been called where VAR has come in and yeah. given an assistance to okay. the ref. Can I, let me just say the way I saw the stuff here. First of all, I was watching the game. Me and Manolas, while Manolas over here was watching the, the, the basketball and on and <laughs> off and following. But the enjoyment of watching that game was, I had three different points to make. First of all, the way Allegri, was celebrating when he thought that Juventus had the win at the game won. It was worse than winning the World Cup. <laughs> this guy, I think he must be taking a lot of sleeping pills because he's <laughs> under so many. Let me tell you something. The guy's under a lot of pressure to win, to put points on the board. So the way he's celebrating on a win, on a potential win against Salernitana. It's 95th minute. He, it doesn't matter. It Just doesn't get matter. It out, you are in Torino. You're supposed to win. What was he so, going to say? Number one. Oh, <laughs> I feel bad for Quadrato that after the fact they got thrown out for protesting and all the stuff. Milik. <laughs> Milik is one of my best friends. What he does, he scores the goals. That's so stupid. He takes the freaking shirt. He forgets that he had a yellow card and he gets the second yellow, so it's a red. So bad. So, I mean... How worse can you make it? Me and Mike, we got we got a message from Ludo. Oh. I couldn't stop laughing, so uh, I'm not gonna say that. But uh, I I was uh, laughing my brain off. But uh, Juventus really got the short end of the stick. I mean, they lost their mind. They lost their mind. That shows that this is a team under a lot of pressure to win the game, not any game, every game. So kudos to VAR for the first time wrong the Juventus because many, many other time other teams they got wrong. So once in a while it's Juventus turn, okay? That's all. Sorry. No, we don't want, you, we don't, we, I know, we don't VAR want was wrong. I admit it, it was wrong, but I feel good about it. <laughs> oh, no, you're crazy. Sorry. You're crazy. I, I just want to make it that Antonio's oh, opinions do not, affect, uh, do not reflect all of uh, our opinions. Any, uh, we would like VAR to always, and the referees okay, to always Of course, of course, of course. Correct. You know that yeah. I'm rubbing it in. Mike, anything else to add? I mean, for the most part, no. Uh, I just thought it was a classic Juve comeback. We've seen it so many times, so not, I wasn't too but not surprised. But classic Juve. 
that's, that's you were from uh, six on, years like, ago. Maybe I was a little nostalgic, but I didn't think it was that insane. And what's wrong with Allegri celebrating? 95th minute, I, I think everyone would celebrate but that. The way, the way three goals in the second half, that's big. Yeah, they could have, they should have played much better. And they shouldn't be struggling against a team like Salernitana and uh, in Torino. But things happen. VAR got it wrong, but we hope for it to be better in the future. And it's been improving over the years, so I'm sure they'll perfect big mistake. it. Big, big, but big, big mistake, mistake from Juve. Allegri's gotta either fix his team or start packing his bags because so, it's not looking good. So for the him. thing is, obviously, the the VAR mistake, um, you know, it's it's it was wrong. It was 100 percent wrong. There's two separate things. Though. You could be mad at that, but also let's remember and focus that Juventus was losing 2-0 to yeah, Salernitana and. It's not that the VAR every single time has screwed Juventus over. It's that you need to be able to play better to put yourselves in position to not be losing like that against Lenitana. And that a draw, a 2-2 in Torino. Let's not let's not let this, the whole VAR, take away and, and forget at how bad Juventus lost. 2-1 until match. the 91st minute. Yes. Th- that My point is that, yes, you could be mad that the VAR made a mistake, and you're right, but don't let that... Let you forget at how bad Juventus looked for no. the 90 minutes when they were Don't losing the, the game. Go. Let's Roma won today against Empoli. Uh, mom, my, my gosh, Dybala, Dybala. this guy is Magic. phenomenal. Dibala is unbelievable. Him and Tammy Abraham both got on the score sheet. I will say that Tammy was not playing good the entire game. I was actually asking myself what what's going wrong with Tammy, and then of course, classic. That's when he ends up scoring. Wasn't great from Roma as well because uh, Pellegrini missed the penalty kick, which no way should Pellegrini have been taking that. I thought for sure Dybala would have stepped up. And uh, great job from Roma to be able to bounce back. Obviously, they had a slip up in Europa League, which was bad. And their last game against Udinese, where they got manhandled 4-0. But for Roma, they needed to win. Um, It was 1-1 at one point with with Empoli, but they got the job done. And uh, that's all they'll care about. Uh, Let me just say... uh Kudos to uh, Mourinho. Mourinho is uh, putting the, the team uh, the right way on the field. So uh, he was away. He came up with the three points. Do you points. think he put the team in the right place? Yeah, I think he did. I don't like Matic, Cristante, and uh, center midfield together. Listen, at the end of the day. They're, they're, they're both too like, the defensive. End, yeah, but Marco, at the end of the day. You need somebody creative. They got to bring... picks up the slack for, uh, for, uh, for, from a lot of people. And he's the one, he's the, the creator. But you said that he put the right team. For me, well, I'm Matic. Who else and, does he have? They have Matic Camara. And, they just got for Monbiakos. He's a little bit more creative. and I think. I mean, I want to say, I like Pellegrini back where he was in the beginning yeah? of the season. Okay. I do. All right, then, uh, then and then more attack it, you know, play El Shadawi when Zaniolo, we know he's on the bench, play him in that position. Just for me, they're too similar. Like Cristante and Matic, they cancel they're both each like other out. They're overlapping each other. They are stepping on each other's feet, you are saying, right? Yeah, and, and uh, Roma already defends with five because they have, you know, it's a three, the five, two, the three, three, four, two, one, whatever, whatever. But you know what? Sometimes you need a little then luck. They, so but what? then they're defending a little bit too much, in my opinion. Empoli hit the post. I mean, it could have gone either way. But again, I want to just have one last point to make up by VAR. Kidding on uh, on the side that, uh, you know, I was joking before. But uh, one thing that is still not not right about the VAR, when you make a decision, have the mic, mic yourself up, the ref, and say, hey, by the way, this is the call. It's offside. It's a handball. What does this have to do it's with the, Roma? He has to do it. He has to do it because VAR, when you are a referee and you have 80,000 people guessing why it was the goal uh, uh, taken away, you want to know the reasons. We got you. you you've brought so this up in the, the past. The same way yeah. that you do it on football, just mic the, the ref up and say, hey, this is the call. We, I was called by the VAR. 
the VAR shows that the guy is on offside or is on a, on an active offside or it was a whatever. It's we a handball. We so. we, we've, we've said this like 70, we have the 75 we have times the on our podcast. <laughs> Roma defensively need to need to do better because for me, uh, Celic was not paying attention on just too sloppy defensive when uh, that ball came in. Uh, was it Bandini? Bandinelli. 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 He scored uh, the header. I mean, the the that that sort of ball should not get through, uh, and they shouldn't be able to score on that. So, just defensively, same kind of things that we're worried about with Roma, kind of just I, like pull through. I think Roma gotta convert to a four-man backline. There's too much space with uh, mm. back three, and I, I feel like they're not made. They're not made for a back. They're trying to Mourinho's trying to do something that I don't think the center backs are good enough to do. I think they have got to play with uh, two full backs, two center backs, or two better center backs. Take Ibanez out. What's the and rest of the formation then? A four what? It could be a four two three one formation. Four two three. One. It kind of fits already. It just changes uh, the back line because I feel like that's their biggest the biggest two? weakness. Who are the two center backs? It's gonna be a Smalling and Mancini. <laughs> Why well, he's asking. Four, two, four, he said, "Who two, are the two? Oh, the, uh, the two center midfielders. It will be it, when healthy. It will be Wijnaldum and it will be. Yeah, but Wijnaldum um, we're not gonna see for, for season, long time. So what are those two? I'll put. I wanna. I saw Kamara Olympiakos. He's pretty good. I'd play him and I'd try. He's he is pretty good. Count into the he's. Equation. I mean, he's a player at Roma, oh, and man. I think he's a pretty good midfielder. I play him and I'll try to put Matic and see how they do together. But then again, they have they have some options over there, and of course, their attack is good enough. I just feel like their defense. And the thing is, help. I feel like they have to play three in the back just because like their defense is not good enough to play four. You know, like their center backs, I feel like they just overload the back because individually they'll make too many mistakes. You know, like between Ibanez, Spalling, and Mancini. But I just feel like so the counterattacks like with a three-man backline, they're always caught off guard. And I, I feel like there's always a possibility for the opponent to score like that. They're more susceptible to conceding mm. personally. That's how I see it. Anything, Pete? Anything about Roma? With Roma, last I mean, week or so? like we said, the defense is, has been the question mark. Uh, Mourinho is a, is a proven leader, as I said before. So... Uh, he knows what he needs to do with the team, but also at the same time, you know, you have to have the caliber of players to be able to reach a certain level. And, you know, like I said, the, the Udinese game mm. was a shock. You know, even this Euro, uh, was a Europa League. Mm -hmm. They didn't uh, manage to win the, their first game, but it's one week. We cannot make it a drama. We have to see on the long stretch of a season. And with players also coming back from injuries, you know, we're going to see this Roma attack really, really be dangerous. The defense needs a little tweaking. You know, the, the three-man, four-man, sure, there, there's different question marks. The only difference I would say is that on a three-man, you know, when a defender makes a mistake, <laughs> you see it more often mm -hmm. because there's much more space to cover then. So in a four, potentially, there's less space maybe less mistakes yeah. but still right. comes three down guys to, in the center that could help make up for it yeah i mean listen it still comes down to how, how you want to set up on on the on the field but uh roma is in a good place i don't think anybody was expecting them to win the scudetto they're expected to be in the top four my dad had them winning the scudetto and listen <laughs> He had them not this really? year in the, beginning, Milan. in the beginning no no oh yeah he did he listen, changed roma it. can yeah. surprise I just think that defense is not made to, to be bar. able to win this with it. Let's talk about the other two. team, uh, Lazio. 
they, they did they did well in uh, in Europe. Lazio did did really well. Thank thankfully for them and for for Napoli uh, for making us both happy for making us all happy. Uh, and then they won two zero against Elos Verona. Chiro Immobile got on score sheet. Luis Alberto, wow, what a goal! Mm-hmm. And uh, same old with them. I mean Milinkovic Savic and and Immobile is like the most deadly duo. We saw a stat. I think we posted it today. Since since last seven years, over the last seven years, there's no duo who has more. Uh, assists and goals with yeah. each other. 23 the assists. Listen, this is exactly what I've been saying about Sadi. His second year is what really uh, should be the, what, you know, what you should really judge him on, right? Mm-hmm. This team, the way that they play is Sadi. It's Sadi ball, the style, he has the players to do it. Mm. And what I like more importantly is their defense has been amazing. Provedel, Great acquisition. Yeah, he's such a good keeper. He's though. a great keeper. He really is. And like I said, uh, a, a true definition of a good team is when you're let, you're letting up less goals. And then For within sure. Saudi's ability to, to play, it's a perfect recipe. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to go on to win the Scudetto, but they're a very, they're very uh, yeah, good team and can challenge anybody. Patrick. Patrick now. I almost said Patrick. Uh, no, Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Man, in defense, the guy has stepped up. I've been watching him uh, all season, and he has looked really good. Uh, overall, I totally agree. That, that was my point with Lazio. It's just defensively, they look so much better than they did last year. The midfield, like Luis, finally getting Luis Alberto back into the mix makes me so happy just because he's a player I love to, to see. He's, a I think... Third in the list of that Milinkovic Savic was actually him and Chido Immobile, which just goes to show you the amount of options that Lazio actually have in creating chances, in converting chances. But Luis Alberto is a player that when he's on, I mean, the goal that he scored, the little role, I mean, he's he's what, for me personally, those type of players are the reason why they make you want to go outside and play. Like, they want you to kick a ball. They want You want to mimic all the little movements that he does just because technically he's so gifted on the ball. As I make an observation uh, as an Inter fan, and you look at Milan, Lazio, even Juventus, all these teams have a player that will beat you on the dribble. Mm. Who does that? Who uh, on Inter represents that player? There is no one. Lautaro is not gonna. He can. You're you're right. Like he can beat the guy on the right. first touch, but he's not gonna blaze past people. Yeah, and on blaze. the Inter team, we have no one that can take the ball and dribble past two, three guys. Not maybe Barella. Maybe Barella. If only you took uh, the free so, transfer. Of Paulo Dybala. Dybala <laughs> was a player that should have been taken, especially everything. after releasing Too Sanchez. Late, now at the end, you get rid of Sanchez and you don't have that player. Too late, hero. To zero. to zero. That's right. You went from hero to zero. I'll tell you what. You guys went from hero to zero. You giving up on Dybala. You got to be kidding me. You have the only talent on Juventus where you talent. can build the team around and you just give up on him. How the hell are you do that? Who's in charge of Juventus? You know Who what, is in charge? You know what the funniest part about uh, you know what the funniest part about Dybala leaving is? There are two reasons why they got rid of Dybala. He's injury prone. Then the players that they signed to replace him, you know, like you look at Pogba and Di Maria, who they brought in, they've had more injuries than him. And then the second thing is because he didn't fit the system. But what system does Juventus have to play? And he's pricey. But no, but, but he went for a free transfer. Was, I know, but the salary was. Yeah, you what, sold was he making? Six talent, million? creativity, and, uh, and goals, and assists, all 
five of those things. There's four things. Yeah, there was four. <laughs> Talent, creativity, <laughs> brain. Look at my brain. You name it. You, you name, name it. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know. I think Agnelli needs needs to go on vacation for a little while. <laughs> you guys, we got we got to give credit Jeez. also to the rest of Serie A. Uh, what's impressed me so much has been uh, Udinese. Udinese with a uh, Sotil. Mm-hmm. Again, another team that when when Antonio talks about coaching being the real positive of Italy, of Serie A, I totally agree with that. This guy, Sotil, we knew him because of Ascoli. We had our friend Nicola Cirincione, who worked with him, who, who spoke with him, who told us before the season that for him, Sotil is one of the next best Italian coaches, up and coming. He went in with the right ideas at Ascoli. They were predicted last year to be battling for relegation, battling for Serie C. They ended up going to the first round of playoffs to make Serie A. They went out, but the team was a limit. Now he's taking over this Udinese side, who lost Molina, who lost um, who's other player that that Udinese lost. They lost another. They lost another player. Atletico. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, the, but that was before. Paul, Paul, but that was the year before. Year. Him. No, that was the year before. Now there's there's another player that they lost that I really liked. Uh, but for the most part, regardless of that, stayed the same. Right, pretty much the same team that uh, that Chofi and Gotti had the year before, where they went through these two coaches. And he's got this team they are difficult to play against. We saw what they did against Roma. We saw what they did against uh, Fiorentina. Even Milan. They won four games in a row. And they're just hard to play against. But they're also a free-flowing game, free-flowing team. Because even when you had a Gotti and you had a Trophy, that team was just defensive unit built on that. Score on the counterattack. You'll win your games. You'll tie games. And just enough to to make. This team is actually playing and you enjoy watching. You know what I was thinking? It's because... Udoji, he missed him. Goes. He missed him the first game, yeah, right? He yeah. missed him the game against nice Milan. Game. Oh, against who? Milan. Um, yeah. Was it Milan? Game, yeah. Was it yeah, Milan? Yeah, yeah. Where on the on the left wing, he had to play. He had, he's had to play. He had to play Perez also one time on the right side, where Perez is naturally a center back. So again, we we speak about so many of these big teams, these big coaches, when they miss one player or they miss two players, and then they have no no plan B. He's I like system. that this guy has they had a system. He has a plan B. He's had to switch players in and out. You don't hear him complaining. He's still getting results. He's overachieving compared to the guys that he has at his disposal. And he's still not been able to put his real touch on the team yet because he's just got there. It's his first year in Serie A. And just a little bit of credit to the guys outside because Udinese is doing a great job. And for for a club like Udinese, you know, I always remember years ago when they were battling, uh, you know, to go to Champions League. They they had Handanovic in their they net. Had De Natale. They had Di Natale. Di Natale. Alexis Sanchez. Those were a beautiful, that was a beautiful Udinese. They had that history. And I think that hopefully they could get back to being able to challenge in the same way. Anything yeah. else we missed? Uh, I, I think, don't think we uh, missed anything besides think, uh, maybe Bologna. Yeah, Bologna Fiorentina. Uh, Bologna Fiorentina. Diago Mota has come back. Coach. That's interesting because he, he kept them uh, up from Spezia last season, Diago yeah. Mota. So he did his job. So it's going to be interesting to see how but, they do. They just Mihailo- came off with a big win Mihailovic too. for me, I know people were mad that he got sacked, but I mean, his team played terrible. I feel like his yeah, ideas were his, running his out. His team played terrible football. Sometimes it's too long the same person is not always... I love it. His battle, you know, against his illness. I love all of that. I love how he was still able to coach. He deserves so much respect because I'm sure there's few coaches in the world that will be able to oh, yeah. do practices over Zoom, uh, you know, going to the yeah. hospital the next day. And he had the team around him. Respect. But at the same time, his team needs to play better. His team needs to, needed to play better. Yeah. 
And look look at their, they scored seven goals this year. Six of them have come from Marko Arnautovic. 85% yeah. of their goals are coming from one player. Yeah. For me, that's not the sign of a really good team. No. You need to have better balance, better approach, because Arnautovic goes out. Who's going to be able to score goals that's for true. Bologna? You can't rely yeah, on one it's player. A, it's a dependent, uh, dependent on one player. So and they far. just came, uh, they just beat Fiorentina too at home, which was a pretty big result considering, uh, you know, mm. Fiorentina yeah. were favorites for that game. Very so. impressive result. And we see Fiorentina, how they play versus Juventus. We've seen them, how they play. Very, very tough. The only thing I can say is maybe, you know, the Conference League game on Thursday does yeah. affect this team that doesn't have this the depth, depth in, in their roster. We're going to do this real quick before we end. I'm going to give you a question. You have to give an answer and just give one sentence or two sentences to back it up. But very quick. All right? You got it. Anto, you here? Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, quick. <laughs> Who should start for Inter? Onana or Handanovic? I like Onana. It's time to give the reign to the new goalkeeper. I have Onana as well. I think that he's the future of the club. I like the competition that Inzaghi's put them against each other because I think you saw better Handanovic once he was benched. But for me, build for the future. Give Onana a shot because I think he's got it. Yeah, it's obvious. Onana's got to start. And he, he's not a statue with those shots. So young, fresh blood. It's time for him to go. I would say definitely Onana, but Andanovic is the captain of the team right now. Change it sure. up. Change a captain. If... If Juventus would not win against Benfica in the Champions League, so, they're at home. Would you sack Max Allegri? There's Tuchel potentially available, which a lot of a lot of fans are talking about. Would you sack Allegri and take the opportunity to take Tuchel? Uh, <laughs> yes, I you know I think Tuchel is a, is a qualified coach, and you see his style of play. Allegri makes too much money, but that's the only thing. He's on nine million a year. Uh, he's he has like a forty million total package. So Juventus would have to bite the bullet. The one pushback to that, I would say, is Juventus is not a, a club that really likes to sack their coaches. Midseason, you never see that. The only way is if they're very far off of fourth place, then they would. But either way, besides that, I wouldn't sack Allegri for for Tuchel. I don't think that Tuchel will really improve the team more than Allegri can already do. He's not the type of coach that I would say you have to sack Allegri six games into a season four. Even if they do lose to Benfica, which would be a, a real disaster, a nightmare if they don't win that game. I wouldn't even have signed him, so um, I would have sacked him before the season started, to be honest with you. I don't think his ideology is what Juventus need to go forward. His ideology is someone that doesn't have the qual qualified players to do something good, and they have work, very good players when everyone's healthy, and he still doesn't play up to par with them. So I would, I, I would think Tuchel... Is a much better manager in terms of his tactics and how he plays overall. I take him day and night. And not just Tuchel. I'm sure there's other options that I'm not thinking of right now. That would be an upgrade to Allegri. I will definitely sack him. Sack Allegri immediately. Because uh, <laughs> immediately. we're not... Listen to me. We're not at, at the, the mid-season. We are at the beginning of the season. Yeah, there's still time. I think if you, if you send a signal to the team, you bring a new coach inside. Not that I, I'm very high on Tuchel. But Tuchel uh, uh, can just say... Could, could just send a message. and said, hey, I'm the new coach. I'm in charge. The style is changing. We're going to go from from the wait and see to playing. Yeah. Playing. I will say definitely sack him. Sack Allegri. Last question. If you lose against Benfica, immediately. Don't don't wait I do one, it now. 30 seconds. <laughs> immediately. Just pick up the phone and say, just before the final whistle, the locker room. <laughs> All right. If, I, if I'm uh, if I'm Agnelli. Yeah. If, I, if I'm Allegri and you're Agnelli and we're making the call, well, yeah. how would it go? So if you're Allegri, 
Yeah. è una magnella yeah. essere Massimiliano eh, sono, sono, sono il tuo capo eh, sei, ciao come stai uh, ripulisci, ripulisci il, il tuo cabinetto eh, ma perché? Eh, perché non, non vale un cazzo <ride> that's it you always take things to the next level last question Peter yes first six games who has been the best player in Serie A? Your favorite. My favorite? Leao! <laughs> no, I mean, Leao Gvara, but I would say Gvara because of the expectation. Nobody knew who this guy was. And then just to see him come over there and do what he's done, I think it takes, like you say, cojones, right? Mm-hmm. What do you say? It takes a lot to be able to take that spot in Napoli, show what you got. And just like he's an all around player. You know, he still has a lot to prove, but for me, in those six games, very, very impressive. Leal comes as a second by all means, but I know him already. That's that's my only criticism. For me, it would be Kratatelia as well. I think that he's brought a fantasy to the to the team, to the league. He's just one of those players, kind of like Federico Chiesa, who I would kind of compare him to, in the sense that like you he tries to dribble, he tries to go forward, and personally. Those are the type of players that I love. They go direct. They're not scared to take a shot. They're not scared to dribble their man. And he did it against Liverpool in the Champions League. For me, Kratatelia. I mean, I was going to say that, but I'll change it up. And I'll say Arnautovic. He had a huge... He was close to going to Manchester United. He didn't go. Seemed like it wasn't going his way. And now he's Capo Canonieri showing everyone, yo, I'm that guy. I can still score those goals. And he's taking he's taking the league by storm. So good for him. I would say definitely Leao because he doesn't try to dribble. He just dribbles the people and he scores. So Leao is still on the top and uh, he's been uh, known to be very difficult to guard. And I think he's going to be showing later on that uh, he's not afraid to make a mistake. He's not afraid to dribble and he's going to score a lot more goals. You guys brought a reminder. I know I said last one, but I saw this tweet from uh, Matteo Bonetti where he said, start one, bench one, sell one. Quara, Leao, Chiesa. Oh, what are the ages on those bad boys? Ooh, start one, sell one, and bench one. Start Kvara, bench Leao, sell Chiesa. I agree with Chiesa you. Chiesa injury, injury, injury prone. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. Leao, you'll probably get the most money from. Why are you yeah, saying that? Leao because is Leao, Leao right now, Chelsea, who's going to buy Chiesa when he's injured? Sell, you're Leao, right. I Leao, agree. you'll get 120 million I agree, million sell Leao, even a hundred. I'll take a hundred for Leao. Don't get me wrong. I would sell Leao, hundred million dollar. You can buy yourself uh, some good uh, And then good who chips. do you start? I'm going to start Kvara. Uh, and bench Chiesa. Yes. I think we said the same. Yeah, I agree. No, you said his. You said Peter. Yeah, what did, what did you say? You no, said Peter, start said, Peter said no. Peter no, said uh, Who's yours? Just go with her. I'd start Kvara, bench Leao, uh, uh, and sell Chiesa. Okay. Isn't that what you yeah, said? Diff- that's what I said. Yeah, it's his. That wasn't ours. I said no, Peter. I said Seleao. I said the same with I Peter. I said Seleao. Seleao. Yeah, me too. Actually, I'll start Chiesa though. I'll bench Quara. <laughs> Put him on the bench. Big mistake. Yeah, I don't know. You guys, Bottom line, line, guys, let's finish up this podcast. Bottom line, AC Milan first place, Napoli tired, first tired. place. And no Leao against Napoli, by the way. It's okay. So it's neither is Aussie man too. So don't worry about it. We're not crying that Leao is not playing. We'll see. So don't worry about we'll it, Mike. Saturday. Mike, you look worried to me, do you? Okay, so it's a three-way tie in first place. Napoli, Atalanta, and Milan. Yeah. Okay. And then Udinese and Roma are one point behind. So 
maybe Sorry, it's, the yeah, chance, right. it's the chance for Inter to to come up to first place uh, if uh, the the AC Milan and Napoli they tie. We don't want it. And yet. You guys win. We don't want it. Yet. If you guys you win and AC Milan and win. Napoli they tie, you are in first place. So you can just uh, if, lay if, off for Inzaghi. Okay, he's a nice kid. Just leave him alone. <laughs> what what Atalanta? Did we all under credit? Yes. Uh, Atalanta. Atalanta. I think they find themselves a little lucky. I think yeah. Atalanta been uh, having the points that they have right now. They're kind of lucky because uh, they should have lost against AC Milan. They should have lost another game. Should have. Real is going to catch up to them, I think. Yeah. They're doing I, good now, but yeah. I think they're, they, they're, they're not, not, they're not going yeah, to stay. Keep, they're keep not going to stay. Cooper Miners nice is doing amazing. Yeah, he is. Cooper Miners, if he didn't get that goal uh, disallowed, he would have been tied for a top goal scorer, right? I mean, he said, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. He's still he one behind. Yeah, because Arnautovic didn't score He's two time. goals behind Arnautovic. Two goals. Right, but for a center no, midfielder, that's very good. That's, very good. that's freaking amazing. Incredible. I think I think that their lack of needing to play in Europe is definitely going to help. It helps them, for sure. It's going to help them. Fresh legs. Because their roster is not a deep, deep roster. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, it'll help them. And for sure. I think that we what we caught, what we took for granted is is this feeling of the lack of magic. I think that Gasparini still got that fire within the squad. He wants to is, prove people wrong. Which is dangerous. And guess what? Listen, as much as you might, you guys might be mad, whatever, because of the competition. But when you look at the Serie A table and you think about who is going to win and you think about who's going to finish in the top four, I swear to you, I think if you flipped a coin, you'd have the same amount of chances as taking a guess on who's going to win. It is that competitive it changes every week for this us year too. this year it is competitive but ac milan is gonna win i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry sorry to disappoint you but it's gonna happen again what i'll say is that i really could imagine a few different teams winning and i could also see a scenario where multiple teams can finish in the top four that i didn't predict going into this for season sure. that's on i don't know yeah, guys keep watching said yeah right did you just spell that word kudos by the way yeah you said like five times no i said it from zero to zero five times and kudos, kudos. i feel like you just yeah like five times like, yeah. this guy must have learned from time to time i pick i pick words from the radio yeah. from uh, people that i listen or from the gazetta i like that <laughs> kudos. i guess that's in italian yeah it's not in italian but it is what it is all right guys as always thank you for watching we'll talk to you soon ciao